You're listening to the Manfulness Podcast, episode number 17. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Manfulness Podcast. I um, hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you are. Um, We have been busy, busy, busy bees uh, of late, Um, been running retreats. Uh, just last week, we got back from the Grampians here in Melbourne, Australia, and we took um, six ladies on a, a, an in-depth retreat. Um, and this is the second one that we've done. You know, we did one in Bali uh, earlier this year, which was uh, pretty transformational. And um, yeah, we repeated one here in the Grampians at a really, really beautiful uh, location, uh, Kalish Collective. And I highly recommend if you're ever traveling to the Grampians, um, or that area, you want to check out Kailish, K-A-I-L-A-S Collective. Uh, David and Rajni there are, are two of the most kindest, um, loving, supportive people uh, we've come across. Um, and they just allowed us to, uh, you know, be, be held in, in sacred space while we, um, d- you know, did our work. Um, so they're a bunch of wonderful people. So I highly recommend that you check them out if uh, you're planning a trip there or are looking for any more retreats there. A beautiful bunch of people. Uh, today I'm talking about are you an ESP? You know what I mean? Um, I'm not becoming a rapper, but I thought I would wrap that part of it. Um, what's an ESP? Well, um, look, it's a new term for me, to be honest with you. Um, and it stands for extra sensitive person. Um so it's definitely a term that um, I've come to know only this year. I didn't know actually it was a thing. But um, learning about um, extra sensitive people um, has made me kind of reflect back on my own life. Because I'm, I was definitely one of those sensitive kids growing up. And I had to learn how to manage myself during that time. And I think... For men, you know, we already struggle with emotions in general and how we feel about certain things. And then add on top of that being an extra sensitive person. And and look, just for the record, I think everybody is an extra sensory person, to be honest. I think we're all sensitive and emotional people. I just think we have different ways of showing it or we have other ways of hiding it maybe. Um, So I think we're all sensitive, but I think it's... It's quite unique for men if you're oversensitive because not only do we struggle with our emotions, but we also have a society which is not very accepting of a sensitive man. Um, And usually if you are overly sensitive, you're called a girl or maybe you're gay or, um, you know, some sort of term along those lines or you're weak or you're a pussy or you're less of a man or whatever it is, um, those kind of terms seem to seem to go along, and I think that's mainly the reason why so many men um, don't show their emotions as well. And especially if you're overly sensitive, um, why you might try even harder to cover up your emotions, which is which is literally what I did. And I want to share with you how being. Uh, an extra sensitive person, um, especially growing up a child and the stuff that I struggled with, also led me, once I started to understand myself better and did a lot of personal development, that these extra sensory abilities 
um, actually led into things like clairvoyancy, clairsentient, clairaudience. And then for those that don't know what those things are, they're basically psychic abilities. Um, now, I think psychic abilities would fall into this category of woohoo, witchy, crazy shit. Um, and I can totally understand that because even for me, uh, that was, it was quite a weird thing to, to get into. And as I researched it and met people who had also these abilities, um, I was very intrigued in the beginning, but definitely thought it was kind of like this crazy, freaky, deaky, weird shit. Um, and I just apparently, I like that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in all that kind of weird shit. But um, it was a big eye-opener to me and it opened me up to a very new world. And I think so, for the most part of my life, kind of denying that I felt this way. And then once I accepted it and then started working on it, um, I noticed um, that there was actually a, a, a real benefit to having these, being extra sensitive and that I had an ability to help other people as, as well as myself by harnessing these um, these abilities. So I want to I want to basically tell you about how it happened for me. Uh, growing up as a child, I was very very sensitive. Um, they would often call me Moody Hamish, and I remember my uh, auntie comparing me to um, Ice Cube. <laughs> so Ice Cube always had this kind of, you know, from NWA, he had this kind of um, angry look, you know, big lips, angry look, and. Um, he was trying to be a gangster, but she kind of took it as him being <laughs> really moody. <laughs> so she kind of compared me to that. So she would always be looking at me like I'm some sort of ice ice cube, uh, you know, always in a mood. And, um, yeah, so I, I think I found myself very sensitive as a kid. I, I, I tend to feel a lot, and I was very affected by what people would say. I would be very affected by how kids would be. And, you know, that was difficult for me growing up in my household because I had a dad who was very insensitive. Um, I mean, at the time, my dad's not like that now, but he was very insensitive. He was very closed off to his emotions. He was very rash and loud and would scream and shout and all that type of stuff. And then I had a mum who was also very sensitive. So she would be very emotional and she'd be very worried and concerned and so I guess I would grow up in this household with these very two conflicting um, people or these two afflicting emotional states. And being sensitive, I, I, I kind of felt like I would absorb both parents' emotions. So I would be really scared of my dad because he would have this kind of overbearing anger and if he would scream or shout, I would literally freeze. And then with my mom, she would constantly worry all the time and I felt as a kid growing up, that I would also worry about stupid shit, you know. And I, I, I think I adopted that as I got older as well and, you know, got into my 20s. You know, I, I became really, you know, fearful. Um, and so growing up was a bit difficult. And I, and I remember, you know, growing through primary school and, and that period of time and, you know, I like not interacting with kids a lot, not being very social because I just felt really overwhelmed emotionally. And I didn't know how to deal with it. And I guess, like I said, from that point, like looking back at it, I didn't actually know that it wasn't all mine, like all those emotions weren't mine. And I would often ask myself, why do I feel this way? Like, wh why is it that I feel this way? And, and, and kind of like, why am I this way? And I felt very shameful 
because if I was to look at the other kids in the, in school, they didn't seem to be affected by emotion or they didn't appear to be anyway by my standards. That's from a you know an eight year old's perspective, so very limited. But from what I could see, they weren't affected by it, and it, and it just seemed to really weigh me down. And and the feeling was so heavy, you know, like so heavy and overbearing. And I guess for me, even it was it was a form of depression. If I really look back at it, like at that very young age, it was probably me being very depressed because it felt really heavy. It felt like a cloud I couldn't get myself out of. And my parents at the time really didn't have any framework or understanding about it. So, um, you know, they were migrants to this country. Um, so they were just kind of doing the best they could and they were focused on working and providing for us, but was not really the emotional support. And, you know, and it's, and it's hard navigating um, any child's emotional framework. Um, but especially through those times, I also, I felt like there wasn't much support or much understanding about what children kind of went through. So, um, you know, so, so this was kind of my upbringing and this was kind of what I dealt with. And it was, you know, like I said, labeled a moody child growing up. Um, and I think that really affected, you know, um, the person I became once I got into my 20s. Because you can imagine all this kind of emotion. I, I kind of just try to bury it, you know, and try to really not, not show it and expose it because I was really confused by it. And uh, going through, sorry, primary school, it, it, I think it manifested itself as a learning difficulty as well. So back in primary school, I actually couldn't read or write. Can you believe that? So I'd finished grade five or six without the ability to read and write. And I would, um, my handwriting was horrible and I couldn't, um, I, I would write across the page. So if there's a, a book which had two pages, I would write all the way across. I wouldn't go down the page. Very strange. I don't know why, but I feel like to me that was kind of a manifestation of this not understanding my emotions. And when the and when the, the teacher would queer, query me on it, like, why do you write that way? I would just freeze up. I, I don't know. I just, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't explain or try or ask for help or I don't know. It, it just, it really, it, it, it kind of froze me up. And so literally up to grade six, I, I couldn't read or write. So, and during that time, my parents made a decision to move, that we moved to another area in Melbourne. And my parents did it to actually put me into a better school. So, um, we moved to this new school and it was really a great turning point for me because I think that's really where, I think with that school, I really felt emotionally supported. I felt like I had a bunch of new different friends that really did understand me and care for me. I mean, I came into that school um, as the new kid, and I was very much um, embraced into that community, which re really, really helped me. Um, and if, strangely enough, it wasn't an immigrant community. Like where I started from, it was a lot of Indians and Sri Lankans and immigrant type families. But moving to this new area, it was a lot of Australian families um, or English and Irish kind of descendant families. And I don't know, I, I was just, I was really accepted by them. Um, a lot of Italian families, a lot of Greek families as well. So I don't know, maybe I didn't feel at home with my own, I guess, but felt very much welcomed into um, to these other communities, these other nationalities. So it was a real, it was a big change for me. And, you know, the end of that led to me finishing year 12 and, and, and winning the English award because I, I had improved my handwriting and reading skills so much. And I really feel like there's a teachers that, that were there really loved and cared for me. And I, I hadn't had that um, previously.
So, but, but you know, once finishing school, that kind of uh, uh, emotional um, landscape really wasn't developed as well. I mean, it was definitely better, but it wasn't fully developed. And I very much went into my 20s. Um, I wouldn't say an angry person, but definitely an unfulfilled person. And, you know, once you add alcohol to that equation, and I loved going out and partying and dancing, but you add alcohol and there suddenly something erupts in you. And I remember getting into a lot of fights and a lot of punch-ons um, because once I would drink, it would kind of, um, yeah, it would bring to the surface this kind of um, un, un, ununderstood feelings or unprocessed feelings of sensitivity. I also think when I used to drink, these sensitivities used to come up even more, if I'm, if I'm honest. Like I think while I was in charge of my mental faculties, I could pretty much keep all of these emotions at bay or at least intellectualize them. But once I had um, alcohol in my system, I think that's when things really changed and a lot of that would come to the surface and I would feel a lot. Um, and so drinking and partying was kind of a release for me, but it was also um, a destructive release because it often would get me involved in fights or drinking way too much and I'd throw up and pass out. So it was also a very confusing time um, for me. And then, you know what, a string of relationships come along and you get involved in them and for a whole bunch of reasons. And I think after some time, I really felt like I had to take some time to understand myself. And that's really where I started to engage in mentors and coaches to really help me. And my first coach was a clairvoyant. And I sat down with her and I remember her, you know, chatting to me about her abilities. And she just, she read me like a book. It was, it was pretty amazing. She just looked at me, she tuned in and she read, she knew me. She, I, was, I was like, are you in my mind, in my thoughts, you know? And don't get me wrong, you know, I was, I was really thinking that, you know, she was going to take my money and she was going to, ripped me off but at the same time I was quite intrigued with the whole thing so I um I went ahead with it and she just she read me she read me like a book and I was amazed at her abilities and and that sort of kicked off a, probably an eight-week um intuitions course where I really started to learn and understand my intuition and that's really where the the floodgates kind of opened and I realized this whole new world and this new sensory ability. And so for the longest time, being so afraid of my sensitivity, for the first time I was really seeing its benefits. And um, I started to really work on myself. And a lot of the, the, those emotions were, were interlaced with really you know, negative behavioral patterns. So I spent a long time working on those behavioral patterns to move them out so that I could really get to the core of my sensitivity. And... The best way for me to describe what this kind of felt like was like, you know, um, Cyclops from X-Men, if, if, you, if you know that character. And, you know, when he first has his abilities, his eyes are like these laser beams and he kind of cuts and destroys everything all over the place. And he, he finds Dr. Xavier and Dr. Xavier creates these glasses for him so he can wear them and they stop the laser beams from going away and from shooting everybody and he can adjust them, he can control them a bit better. And that's really what I felt like when I jumped into this intuition course. It just it made me feel like I could adjust and turn this ability on and off when I was when it was needed, as opposed to it being on the whole time and me just absorbing everybody's emotions. 
So this was really a massive turning point for me and this is where things really, really changed. And I started to really work with my intuition and with my sensitivity as opposed to trying to bury it deep down inside of me. And this led me to, you know, be a better coach, be a better personal trainer, because now I was able to not just listen to what someone was saying to me, but actually feel what they were feeling and to get more information and to understand them on a much, much deeper level. Um, during this period, I, I just started personal training and I remember being so sensitive to my clients because I would know exactly how they were feeling the moment they would step into the into the gym, if you know what I mean. So I, I had to also learn at that time not to take on more people's energy. And for the first couple of years of being a PT, it would exhaust the hell out of me. But working on this intuition course really made me understand how to know the difference between what was my emotions and what was theirs. Um, setting up really good rituals to like cleanse myself and to come and to earth myself and come back to grounding, which is really important. And to um, really have those conversations with clients that would help them also um, release some of that emotional pain that they were feeling. So I became a very successful personal trainer because of that. I think because, yeah, I knew the fitness side of it, but I was also able to get a deeper understanding of the emotional level of my clients. And hence, that's why I created Alter Ego, because Alter Ego is really that place where we're not just working on the body, but on the mindset and the emotions of, of our clients. And that's why we bring meditation, because meditation really is that grounding um, practice that brings clients kind of back to that neutral place. So so yeah, so once, so once I did all this work, I, I really started to see how, how wonderful these abilities were. And once I started to use them, these psychic abilities started to kick in and I started having dreams and I started to have premonitions and I would start to have, um, pick up even more senses. I would see visions of clients' past history. So it was quite freaky for me, but also um, exciting because I was, I was trying to understand this new landscape and I'm so grateful to my coaches um, and I've had many over the years because they really helped me manage and understand them. And it really dawned on me that how many men would be in a similar situation as me having these extrasensory abilities but never taking the time to work on them or understand them because we don't really have a framework for men where that is acceptable you know we're, we're again we're the stoic we're the warrior we're not this highly sensitive person and for most of the guys even that i worked with you know, any emotion is a weakness. So, you know, if you've got a belief that emotions are weakness, why would you even dare call yourself extra sensitive? Or why would you even dare working on these sensitivities? But I'm telling you, once I did, it was such a freedom and a release for me. And it actually made me a stronger, more courageous person because I was able to really sit with people, understand them and hold space for whatever they were going through. So it was really, really good. And I think... You know, that story really leads into trying to understand our kids. And I know there's a lot of men and women out there, you know, a lot of parents out there who would be having kids or nieces or nephews who are extra sensitive. You know, I definitely know that with my son, Raven, he's a very sensitive kid. And so understanding how it was for me growing up is making me a little bit more aware of his emotional state. And he often would get angry and throw tantrums and, and has his moments and, it, you know, it occurs to me maybe he's picking up 
you know, the emotions, not of just himself, but maybe the kid at school or maybe our emotions. And instead of kind of like screaming at him or shouting at him or trying to discipline him, really trying to help myself understand his state, but also um, help him understand where he's at, like what's kind of going on in his body. And I, and I kind of do that at the moment just by asking him questions. I'm like, hey, Baba, you know, are you angry at daddy or are you angry at mama? And why are you angry? And, you know, what, what did we do to hurt you? And, you know, just some of these questions as opposed to being like, stop being silly and, you know, don't, you know, you've dropped the water, it's not a big deal or you dropped your, whatever it is, like it's always something silly. And not making him feel silly for feeling those emotions, but trying to develop an emotional landscape or a language around his emotion so that he can explain to me what he's feeling. Because I honestly feel like I didn't get the opportunity to do that as a child, so I would just push them in. And every time my dad would scream and shout at me, instead of expressing myself, I would just push that down. So I guess I'm, I'm, I'm chatting to all you know the men out there that, look, if you're if you feel like you're a sensitive person, and like I said, I think we all are, it's actually worthwhile you exploring this because you don't know what a benefit these emotions can be. And if you feel like you're not one of these people, you, I'm sure you will have kids or people, even, even friends who might be this way. And so being a little bit more empathetic towards them, I think will go a really long way, especially with children because they, they don't really have much of a, the framework at all really to understand their emotions and so trying to um trying to take the time and to be present with them and and allow them to express themselves i think will go a really really long way in helping them develop themselves as a person in the future because i think once you get into those teenage years and look i don't have kids in that teenage um, age category as yet but i can imagine it, it, it would be much harder and so if we can get to the kids really early by establishing this kind of um, this communication or this dialogue with them, I think it'll really go a long way in trying to help them understand themselves. And for guys out there that are feeling um, like they might be have psychic abilities or extrasensory ability or is it our ESP is, is the term is, um, it's really important that you reach out. It's really important that you share how you feel with someone you trust, um, you know, I was listening to Brene Brown's book, which I'm going to do another podcast on, but she was like, share it with somebody that you, who would move a body for you. So um, I know that's a bit of a worrying concept to think about, but it, it basically leads to the idea that someone that you, who would do anything for you and would trust you and would not judge you. And I think by having those people around you, we can share how we feel and share our sensitivities and that will then you know lead to the framework and for us to understand ourselves a little bit better and then take whatever action or go down whatever path we feel might be the best one for us so i hope my friends that was uh, insightful for you um you know understanding our emotions on a much deeper level scale is not just beneficial for us but it is beneficial for everybody um, once we start to understand ourselves better, we can understand everybody else better, you know, from children to our colleagues to our partners. So I think the work has to be done internally first. We've got to work through our own shit before we can start going out there and doing stuff uh, for other people. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, like I said, I hope it's been helpful to you. 
Um, if you're a man out there who is an ESP and needs someone to chat to, and please DM me. Um, hopefully I can give you some insight into this landscape and a little bit more into my journey. Um, but if not, try and find someone that you can share your story with. Um, it will literally be life-changing for you. All right, guys, thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing, amazing week, and I will speak to you on the next podcast.